what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Brandon Anderson. I'm here with Joe Delera and Brian Fonseca. This is your FIBA World Cup preview hype show. Preview, post-view, mid-view. We're already going, guys. We're already off and watching basketball. We already completed the first round of group play. We got more group play coming. We're just going to get into FIBA World Cup basketball. There's 32 teams. We're technically down to 16 teams, though everybody's still playing. So I'm just going to give a quick kind of lay of the land here. What is this tournament? What's happening? And then Joe and Brian will get into it. Talk Team USA. USA's path going forward. Uh, is the home team going to win this thing? Is it going to go to Canada? That's the hype team right now. Is it some of the other options here? What bets can we be making? What what can we be playing group play? These games are happening overnight. These are happening at like 2, 3, 4 in the morning, 7 in the morning, Maybe a little, you know, watch some basketball while you're having your cereal and your coffee in the morning. So these games, you can watch them on ESPN Plus or Courtside 1891. I, I don't know why we call it that, but that's great. Look for that. Look on the NBA app. You can watch it there. We're in the second stage of group play. So 32 teams, teams that are competing to win now. We're down to 16. So USA has already advanced. Hooray for us. We advanced with Greece from our group. And yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go we, right? If we're USA on this podcast. So I'm going to do a we here. It's Team USA. We beat Greece already the first time around. They move on with us to the new group, the group of four. So that result carries over. That round starts Friday. So Friday, early morning, our time. Those games will be happening Friday and Sunday for this new group. And then... Two out of those four teams, there's four groups of four, will advance to the knockout play. Knockout is eight teams then. So that starts Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Again, overnight, that's when all these games are going to be. You're going to have to set your set your clock or set your DVR. USA has been, I think, on ESPN, ESPN2. So you should at least be able to catch those games on the DVR if you yeah. got the old cable box. So knockout play all next week, single elimination. The final, guys. Sunday, September 10th. Screw me. That's the first day of the NFL season and the U.S. Open Finals. And apparently I'm going to be getting up early to watch USA hopefully win a gold medal at the World Cup. It's going to be a big day. So, yeah, that's it. That's the tournament. There is consolation play. So whatever place you want to play for, we're playing for it. We got a 17th through 32nd place tournament that uh, by the time you listen to this, will have already started overnight Thursday. So those games... We call that the French International Open because France is already out. They're already out, guys, and they suck, and they they, they got all of us because we were all out of France. So that that's kind of the lay of the land. Joe, welcome. Do you got anything else to add to lay of the land before we get into this? I just think it's been, you know, it's been a blast so far. So I hope you guys are tuning in, and these games coming up should be a little bit more interesting. So pretty excited to dive into this and, you know, just not sleep. 
<laughs> who who needs sleep? I don't even I, I can't believe I'm hosting this. I'm like in 200 percent NFL mode right now. And I'm like, oh, sure. While I'm between NFL 5000 word daily articles, let, let's do a little international <laughs> basketball overnight. Let's do some of that. So, yeah, we are already if you have not seen it yet, check the site. We've got articles been going up every day. The three of us putting in some of our best bets and getting their, their props for this. Check on FanDuel. There's a whole listing of futures, props, daily picks, and we're going to get into a lot of that stuff here. Some of it, like these games just happened today. We, we're just finalizing these groups and moving on. So lines are not necessarily all there yet, but we're getting into it. Brian and Joe both have been hitting a lot of picks. My picks are also present. So Brian, <laughs> well, how, how are you feeling about the tournament so far? Uh, how have you been enjoying things? Shocker that France is out, uh, which I did not appreciate uh, approximately 48 or so hours after saying that I, they were my pick to win the whole thing. But I've been <laughs> right on a lot of other stuff so far. Um, Dominican Republic winning the group. They were my sleeper at the beginning. We'll get into them a little bit more as we go here. But uh, ultimately, been enjoying the tournament. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I feel like I was one of the only people writing about this at a couple other outlets before I got here being like hey world cup qualifiers are going on joe johnson is playing for team usa isaiah thomas is playing for team usa <laughs> langston galloway is playing for team usa and they're in the middle of havana cuba and they're playing against you know uh jacel rivero who plays in spain professionally like nerdy things like that so um world cup qualifiers was fun and obviously now the world cup we only get this once every four years and i look more forward to this than the olympics in basketball because you get more teams here it's 32 teams as opposed to just 12 in the yeah. olympics and it's a shorter sprint, and it's very hard to qualify for the Olympics now. Very hard, um, especially you know after Yugoslavia broke up into like eight more nations, and like <laughs> a lot of them are good at basketball. <laughs> yeah, well, thank God for that. Otherwise, we get Luka and Jokic on one team dismantling <laughs> Team USA at these tournaments. So yeah, they actually broke team up. Yugoslavia. So, yeah, right. They broke up so the USA can continue to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we play the long game on that one, uh, Brian. Uh, before we get too far. Since you were just talking about kind of the, the the qualification and the path to the Olympics and that sort of thing. So you mentioned in our Slack channel, these games for 17th and 21st and 28th, like they all still matter too. So talk to me a little bit about, first of all, before I forget, where are we playing right now? And then what's the kind of the process look out for here of why do we still care about France's games and whoever's left? Well, France, not particularly because Europe only gets a couple of qualifying spots. So the way this works now is the rest of the teams who are in the quote unquote losers bracket, they have something to play for because they're all playing to potentially qualify for an Olympic qualifying tournament that could potentially lead to an Olympic berth, which in a way is to say you're qualifying to qualify for something that you may not get. But, you know, <laughs> it's more games under your belt, better for the program, things of that nature. And for some teams, like uh, one example is Nigeria, who's not in this World Cup, but they were in the 2019 World Cup. They were on the loser's side of the bracket and they were able to, and I'm pulling it up here, they were 17th out of the 17 to 32 and they qualified for the Olympics because everyone else from the African regions just did worse <laughs> in qualifiers which is yeah. really, or, or in the World Cup rather, which is really what it was. Iran is another one who they qualified to the Olympics despite finishing 23rd in the last World Cup. So in Asia and Africa, you need to sort of see like how this materializes, not so much for, say, Europe, because you know that top two European teams that qualify are going to be toward the top of this tournament. And then France actually gets an automatic qualifying right. bid because they're the host. So 
<laughs> if it wasn't for that, then they would have had to actually play a tournament against really good teams and qualify. But for yeah. the Americas, you might be just looking at USA and Canada getting those spots. Asia gets a spot for the Olympics. Uh, Africa gets a spot. Europe gets two. Um, the Oceania region, that's going to be Australia. <laughs> we, we know right. that at this point. But that's sort of what teams are playing for to uh, at least qualify for a shot at the Olympics or to straight up get in the Olympics. And where, where, uh, what countries have we been playing in right now? Philippines, Indonesia, and Japan. Okay, and that's what I thought. A lot, a lot of it is going to be in Japan and Philippines as we get deeper into the tournament. Hence why U.S. time, these are middle of the night times. So let's get into Team USA because obviously that's where we got to start. We're, we're the home team here. So I got to start with this. Josh Hart into the starting lineup. Joe, New York Knickerbockers, Josh Hart. We got two starters on Team USA. Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, Team Villanova, Team USA, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, big name on the internet discourse this week. Heading to the bench. What do we think about this in the starting lineup? Are you hyped for your Josh Hart starting lineup? Is this permanent? Is it good? What do you think, Joe? I mean, I think it's good. Josh Hart kind of fits the starting lineup like a glove, realistically. You know, he can kind of he's he's multifaceted in what he can provide, and he doesn't he's not a ball dominant player. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to make an impact. And that's something that Brandon Ingram has historically needed. And it's kind of one of those things, like even when you look at the Pelicans, right, during the last season, there were times when Brandon Ingram wasn't playing and the Pelicans were playing quite all right, you know. So I think that that's something where he's one of the longer tenured players on Team USA, but his game just, I feel like it's not really needed the way this roster is constructed. And I do think that it's probably a permanent change unless all of a sudden, like maybe somebody gets hurt, like an ant or somebody like that, who is supposed to be a primary scorer. But I do like the move. I think that it kind of creates a little bit more balance for this team. And Jaron Jackson Jr., as good as he is defensively, right? He's not a particularly good rebounder. And there were some quotes, I think, I don't remember if it was Spo or if it was Kerr, but they were like, you know, we talk about guys getting 50-50 balls on the rebounds. Josh Hart gets the 30-70 balls. So it's like that's something that's important. And especially at this stage of the of the tournament now, where you have a guy that's willing to put his body on the line, kind of actually hustle, um, and he's used to that role, as opposed to a lot of these guys who, you know, on their teams, they're the number one player. Like they don't need to go get that rebound because there's somebody else that's the Josh Hart going to get that rebound. So uh, Team USA did a great job building the New York Knicks. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, Joe, you and I have long been the Tyrese Halliburton fan club, and it's been driving me yeah. crazy watching these lead-up games and, and now the games. Like, what are we doing Bring Tyrese Halliburton off the bench? To me, he's the guy on the team. But as we watch the games, I, I want to believe this is intentional at this point. Guys, I, I feel like our starters kind of just hang, and, and like they do all right, and we basically play teams relatively even. We don't really lose then. And then the bench comes in and we run teams off the court like Halliburton. And it's not just him. I think it's intentional. I hope it's intentional. I want to give Kerr credit for being intentional. But Paolo playing like small ball center off the bench. This is a team like they're getting after it in transition and they're running it down teams throats. And again, like you said, Joe, we built the Knicks. We built the Knicks that can kind of hang with a starting unit and then bring in that, that bench unit. And to me, even as international ball is caught up 
And like Team USA doesn't even necessarily have the best player in a game anymore in some of these games. We'll get to that. But what we do have, what we're going to still have an advantage of as Team USA is the depth and like the ability to withstand an injury to a key player because you can still go down and get, you can bring in Ingram into the ant role if you need to for that sort of thing. And, and you can go to the bench and have Tyrese Halliburton and Paolo Banquero, number one pick, rookie of the year, just coming in and like filling it up. So to me, the bench unit, like I, I wish I could play like a live four minute period right when the bench kicks in. Like this would be, if this was Knicks basketball, I'd be like, okay, second quarter play, right? Like that's when the bench unit's going to play. That's when you want to grab this team. So for me, that's kind of the takeaway so far. And I'm curious how that will carry over against, well, real teams. So far, Brian, <laughs> we have played as Team USA, New Zealand, Greece without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Plenty of other Antetokounmpo's, not Giannis though. And then Jordan. So what what have you learned, if anything, from the three games USA has played so far? Not much. I'm not going to lie to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I went to this tournament and I was like, man, their, their path, and this is why they were uh, – I didn't want to bet them because I was like, really? They're only minus 125, and even now they're still minus 140 or whatever the case may be. We can get to that li- a little mm-hmm. bit later on. But I think that we weren't going to learn much because they're not going to get tested in group play is what I was saying, and they'll probably get a little bit of a push now with Lithuania in particular because they're a little bit more of a of, of a real team that they're going to see because Jordan, with all due respect – I love Rondé Otis-Jefferson. Like, I'm probably – Ronde Alice Jefferson's biggest advocate outside of, uh, you know, Chester, Pennsylvania and Arizona, the state of Arizona, <laughs> um, because I covered him when he was with the Nets and he was one of my favorite athletes that I've covered. Really fun personality, um, could play, had one of the underrated 2017-18 seasons. I will always believe that, right? And he was putting up big numbers, but at the same time, I just, it's it's with Jordan. So, you know, I, I didn't think that his team was going to help him out a ton, although I was surprised he had 39-9 and 4 in one game. Um, you know, there was that. And then with, with Greece, I didn't expect much of a push because this isn't a very strong Greece team to me. And they had Giannis Antetokounmpo not playing and New Zealand was missing five of their best players in terms of Steven Adams, who doesn't play for them ever. So if you want to count them fine, but he wasn't there. Uh, Corey Webster's a really good player from New Zealand. He wasn't playing Ty Webster. He wasn't playing. Thomas Abercrombie, who was on a New Zealand national team, he had retired. Rob Lowe is another player who has been on their national team. He retired. So New Zealand's missing a bunch of guys and, you know, was competitive with Team USA for like two and a half quarters, which I found interesting. And then Team USA has a switch that very few teams uh, have in this tournament. So they could just turn it on when they kind of feel like it, right? Um, But now Montenegro, I don't think is going to offer up a ton of resistance. Neither is Lithuania. But, but the interior battle is the one for me to watch because now Jaron Jackson Jr. and Bobby Portis and Walker Kessler, how much they play, we'll see. But they may have to because Jaron Jackson Jr. might be in foul trouble against Jonas Valanciunas and Nikola, uh, Nikola Vucevic. So I want to see how they handle those matchups. I feel like these are pretty good tests before getting into the quarterfinals, but I think they'll beat both teams. Joe, what do you make of just kind of, well, if you were coaching one of the teams playing Team USA, well, give me your scouting report on this USA team. Like, well, what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What, what's, what or maybe who is missing from this USA team? Like, especially as Brian kind of talked about, like, the, the strength on the size for some of these teams. And obviously that's pretty common for a lot of these, especially Euro teams here. What's your Team USA scouting report? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you have to attack the interior, right? Like try to bang them up a little bit. And there's one less foul. So, you know, it's the games are obviously a little bit shorter. But Jaron Jackson Jr., we know that he kind of has had foul difficulties. And he didn't even in the first game of the tournament where he fouled that or what he, he either had four, he fouled out, whatever it was. But that's when Paolo had that big game. I think you want to see or you want to force them to play Walker Kessler if you can, um, because that's kind of the one pivot that Kerr has like kind of refused to do or like been very resistant to, which I've been surprised about. It's kind of a weird thing, I guess, to say like you want them to play Walker Kessler when I think the U.S. should be playing Walker Kessler. Um, but <laughs> I think it's just that you're throwing them out of their rhythm, right? And I think that's kind of what yeah. the key is. It's going to be very hard to attack them otherwise. I mean, I, I guess the best or the next like weakest point, right, is basically like if you have Brunson defending like a ball dominant point guard, that's not really going to go super well for Team USA because he's just not the best defender. He's just not that big. Like he's got a lot of he's got a lot of hustle, but he's just not a big dude. So that those are probably the two ways that you try to attack Team USA, or you just shoot a lot of threes and just try to outvariance them. So I do think that that's. Those are really, those are your options. Um, and, you know, try to sl- like bring them down, slow down the pace and keep them out of transition because they've been able to get a lot of easy buckets just in transition opportunities off of turnovers. Yeah, I mean, look, this is not the NBA. We, we, there are no seven game series here. This is March Madness and Team USA is the one seed and it's a single game and you never know when the shots start to fall. You better believe Team USA is going to be the team feeling the pressure. They're the one seed. The, they do not – no one out there wearing red, white, and blue wants to come home without a gold medal. That is not a thing that you mm-hmm. want hanging hanging on your career resume. You do not want to be coming home without that gold medal. It is it is the expectation. It is a point of pride and a point of pressure. It, there's a lot on the line, and a lot of these guys haven't had that moment yet. So I think that is a thing to watch with this team. It's a young, inexperienced team, at, at least at that level. So to me, that's a little bit maybe what's missing. I would have loved to have seen – just one uh, Jason Tatum on the team or Devin Booker. Like, yeah. give me the one face of the team, the one uh, – and those guys aren't old, really, compared to NBA players. But compared to this team, give me the the guy that's played in the, the finals before, right, who's been on the stage. And, like, look, I think Ant's going to take the shot if it comes down to it. But I think Devin or Jason should have taken the shot if it came down to it. Like, they've done it. And they've been on the stage and had that moment. Let, let's give them props a little bit. Give the people some actionable stuff here in Team USA. Game to game, there's not a lot of lines up yet. We've got Friday morning, Team USA will be playing Montenegro. It is a 4.40 Eastern AM tip-off in American time. USA minus 25 and a half against Montenegro. So probably not a spread you're going to be betting. But let's talk props, not necessarily just for that game, but Team USA going forward. Brian, what are some USA prop angles that you've been looking at? I think if if you haven't bet Team USA to win it and you think they're going to win, now is probably the time to jump on it at minus 145. Um, I, I feel like soon, especially if they start dominating Montenegro and Lithuania and they get into the quarterfinals and the field shrinks you know, to from 16 to 8, I think from there, you're going to look at a price that's probably not as favorable. Um, and now it's still pretty decent considering that and this is why they were big favorites to begin with. This is really their path. I feel like their team is 
it's, it's really good, but it's not overwhelming to the point where they can't lose in a one-game sample size to anybody else. The reason that they finished seventh in the last World Cup was because they lost as soon as they got to the quarterfinals despite being undefeated until then. They ran up against France, they lost by 10, and then they lost immediately after the Serbia in the fifth through eighth classification game, and then they found themselves playing for seventh place against Poland, who they beat. So, yeah, the, to your point, Brandon, this can sort of turn very quickly, even if you're undefeated these first five yep. games. So, and that last team, people want to, you know, uh, get on that last team. That last team, in retrospect, uh, maybe doesn't seem great, but it actually was pretty good going into it. And they were the favorites to win the whole thing. They just didn't, right? Um, so, in terms of that, I think you can look at Team USA just winning it as a future. I feel like if you haven't done it, now is probably the time. It's not much worse of a price than it was before. It was minus 145 no. earlier to start the tournament. It was like minus 125, you know? So you're you're still looking at similar value there. And I think from a game-to-game basis, just these next two games, Nikola Vucevic and Jonas Valanciunas, you have to look at their over and rebounds. Um, and you just have to because, like, these are some of the guys. Donatis Matsuhunas from Lithuania also. Like, you got to look at some of these other guys in terms of rebounding the ball against Jaron Jackson Jr., who in his own right, not an awesome rebounder. Team USA is going to have to gang rebound and they'll have some success there. So that's something to look forward to. And then on the Tyrese Halliburton point, like I feel like we we, we are going to see we, – we have to see him more. And I'm going to be looking at what his points are, what his assists are. Um, and Anthony Edwards' points I probably will always look at just because you feel like now that the games may start to get a little bit tighter – maybe beginning with Lithuania or maybe in the quarterfinals, you would expect Anthony Edwards to have to start hitting 20 points a little more regularly. So I'm curious to see where his prop is going to be as well. I like it. Joe, what props are you looking at? Yeah, I agree with the Ant uh, idea in terms of getting his points. Um, I think that they've kind of been limiting his minutes, kind of getting everybody some time out there, especially in these games they were supposed to win. So I think that with this spread in this first game – might not look there right now, but I do think that I'm looking at Vucevic rebounds in that game. It's opened at seven and a half at minus one thirty at FanDuel. Uh, that's the first book to post the line. I'm betting that immediately. Uh, in five career games against Jaron Jackson Jr., he's averaging thirteen rebounds per game and has <laughs> never had fewer than ten. So like <laughs> this line is just atrocious. This line's atrocious. Like I get that there's less time. It's just it's it's a really bad line. Like and those are games. Some of them I'm sure. Like some of them I probably had Stephen Adams there too. So I mean this is this this line is ridiculous. Like Vucevic, he's one of those guys. Like he's just is gonna grab his rebounds. He's gonna give you like 18 points. Maybe he'll have that spike and score 25. But like he'll have the spike with the rebounds, especially in a good matchup. So the seven half is ridiculous i think as soon as you can bet like 10 plus 12 plus 13 whatever i I would take like i mean he's his high was 17 so i mean like do with that what you will but i think he's going to do pretty well on the glass there the one thing that i was surprised about though was i was looking at the valanchunas uh stats head to head against jaron jackson jr and he's actually run into a lot of foul trouble for whatever reason i'm not sure if it's because of the way that jaron jackson jr maybe can pull him out a little bit 
or if it was a little bit more in relation to the fact that you have John Morant, Desmond Bain, like Dylan Brooks, just like running at him. Um, but like, you know, drawing fouls, drawing contact. So I'm not sure if maybe that was a little bit of what it was, but Vooch was definitely the spot that I was like, circled this. I want to bet this um, immediately. So I got the seven and a half in. I'll be looking to uh, to to look at some of those alternate lines uh, in this game moving forward too. Yeah, escalator season for sure on those. I definitely had that circled as the key thing with this group J is the new USA group. So USA, Greece, Lithuania, Montenegro. USA has already played Greece. We do not play them again now. That, that win USA has over Greece just carries on over into the round. The yep. point differential comes over. The wins come over. So uh, USA and Lithuania are both 3-0. and So Montenegro and Greece are already up against it. Like They come into a new group with ground to make up. You basically probably have to win both games, I would think, in, in most cases, to overcome the deficit. So, yeah, I think the Rough. key in this group yeah. is that size differential. And uh, and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. foul trouble, like you guys have pointed out. I- am I crazy here? The other Friday game is right now at FanDuel, our sponsor, is Lithuania minus seven and a half against Greece. Greece is not good. Lithuania is like a legit yeah. good basketball team. I'm all over Lithuania on that. Is that crazy? No, I think that's smash. Like I, I do, I've been fading Greece the whole tournament. My pre-tournament write-up was Germany to go head-to-head, like further than Greece. I thought Greece was about to get bounced by um, New Zealand. New Zealand, so, yeah. Like here we are, and now they get to play Lithuania. What do you think's going to happen here? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and thankfully had New Zealand covering uh, plus ten and a half, which then went yeah, to plus nine that's... and a half, and and still covered anyway. Uh, they, honestly, <laughs> New Zealand should have won that game, and probably would have had they had at least two of the guys that I mentioned earlier. But yeah, I'm with you, Brandon. I I think I think Lithuania could win that by double digits against Greece. Who I I just don't think this is a great Greece team, as you mentioned. Yeah, I don't think so. And again, Montenegro effectively, Montenegro maybe beats Greece, but they probably would have to beat USA and Greece in order to move on here. So Lithuania beats Greece comfortably, as we're saying. I'll I'll take Lithuania and the points on that one. And then I think basically that's that, you know, we move on. USA plays Lithuania Sunday, 8.40 a.m. tip. Again, that'll be on on actual television if you need to catch it there. Uh, do we have any fears for USA against Lithuania at that point? Presumably, both teams are 4-0. They've already both advanced through to the knockout round, so it's not a knockout game. I kind of, as a fan of Team USA, I would almost want the game to be close. I'd love for USA to get a little push when we can't actually get knocked out. So, And I think Lithuania, they're a team that it doesn't really matter who's wearing the jersey. They always play fundamental good basketball. They play like... Picture what you think European basketball looks like. You're watching it with with Lithuania basketball. Like this is just it's a, a country that is just enraptured with basketball. The fans are crazy. They love the game. It's a lot of fun watching them. And I just think that's the sort of team that's just gonna push USA all the way. And uh, USA, one thing is the the athletic advantage that we used to have, like the original Dream Team '92. Each year, that athletic advantage drops a little bit. Like the rest of the the world is putting closer athletes to what the Americans have, and again, that's where the depth helps a little bit. I think, but uh, I don't know that that's quite. We can't just run past everyone and dunk over all the other teams now. And a, a team that shows yeah, up and literally. plays hard and fundamental like Lithuania, I think, can hang 
Brian, do you feel like Lithuania can do more than hang? Can they make a game of it or win that game? They have the physicality level where if a team is going to push USA, that's clearly not in the same sphere of talent, right? If it's going to be a team that's just so uh, overmatched in terms of just overall skill level, and I, they're not as they're not going to be as overmatched as Montenegro or Jordan or New Zealand, but you get what I'm saying. Team USA is still going to be a, a pretty decent favorite for that. Then you would have New uh, Lithuania potentially pushing them because of their physicality, because of the way they play. If they could play mostly mistake free basketball, which is going to be tough, and you know hit the requisite three pointers if they're able to stretch out and bend this Team USA defense, and maybe you know you can push them into the fourth quarter. Because I agree, if if you're looking at Team USA, if you're if you're rooting for them, if you're betting on them, if you're betting on them, you're probably rooting for them. But <laughs> if if you're looking at like what they can do in the tournament. And you want them to be pushed before the quarterfinals so that their first game in the quarterfinals isn't tough. Like, yeah, you would want them to get pushed in this game versus a team that they should beat. And if they were to fumble around and lose the game, it's not going to cost them that much anyway. Now, it would mean a tougher matchup in the quarterfinals because you'll face somebody who's more in a rhythm, who's got a little bit of a higher seating. But at the same time, Team USA could obviously beat anyone in this tournament. So I think Lithuania, you want them to sort of push team usa to maybe only winning by 10 or something along those lines where it's in the fourth quarter it's pretty tight they're up six with five minutes to go maybe they pull away a little bit and 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 they struggle with jonas valentunas a little bit and sort of have to okay when this happens against canada or when this happens against australia or germany or whoever it is moving forward or spain then here's how you can sort of navigate it and solve that problem yeah, I, I think that that's dead on. Joe, be a bookmaker for a second. It's USA, Lithuania. You got to set the line. What kind of spread mm. are you giving me on USA? I think assuming Lithuania destroys Greece, right? Like let's say Lithuania wins, it covers, they win by like 15. Um, I think we probably see a line around 17 and a half, just given the fact that Lithuania beat Montenegro. I assume, you know, we'll see if USA covers. That's a big number. Like, it's just kind of one of those where you can kind of backdoor that in. Um, and they do have legitimate NBA talent. I think we probably see like 17 and a half. That, I got to say, that feels a little high to me. I, my, my instinct, me I was thinking maybe like a 12-ish range. I, I'm taking yeah. the, the the points if we get 17 and a half, I have to say. Yeah. But, no, that, I know, yeah, Brian, what do you think? I hope that's right. the line. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I hope this is not a book that, but I, 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 I was thinking more in that twelve and a half, yeah, thirteen maybe. I could even like it. It depends on how these next games go, right? Like, it, it, sure, what if they don't course. cover against what if they don't cover against Montenegro? Then you could be talking about even ten and a half. Sure. You know, if Lithuania beats, if Lithuania covers against Greece and USA doesn't cover against Montenegro, I could see that barely being in double digits. To which. I think a lot of people are probably going to hammer Team USA, um, and they may be right to do so, but I think that's maybe what we're looking at. The Montenegro matchup, yeah. I don't think they're going to get a ton of resistance, though. It's, it's Nikola yeah, Vucevic, so. it's Kendrick Perry, but I don't think... I don't think it's I think that's a game that USA should cover. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they should take care of business against Montenegro pretty easily. And effectively USA would have to lose both of these games to not make it into knockout play at this point, as far as I can see, or at least lose them and probably lose by wide margins uh, yeah. to, to be able to do that. So uh, let's look through these other groups. So three other groups of four. So next group is group I. 
Serbia and the Dominican Republic, both undefeated 3-0. and Brian nailed that one so far. That was his big pick, big sleeper. Yeah. In that same group, Brian, Puerto Rico, 2-1 and so far, and Italy, 2-1. and Brian, I got to give you the floor. Friday, one of the first games in this new group, the Dominican Republic, minus 9.5 against your Puerto Rico, your Dominican Republic. I don't, which one are you? Tell us the story. Why does this game matter so much? No, I'm Puerto Rican. Yeah, I know, I, I know that. But but your team, Dominican Republic, so far for the tournament. That's yeah, and, and that's the thing. But yeah, so it's like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, we, we all do an emotional bet every now and then. So, so this may be one where it's like, I might have to stay away from my own good. But I, but if you I'm, if I'm like, your real about this. Yeah, I, I would just say like, this is like, this is, this is, this is like Boston, New York level rivalry for people who aren't Latino and don't know about this. But PR and DR, I mean, we do love each other. But at the same time in sports, like we're always competing. You saw the World Baseball Classic in March. It was intense. Um, it was also a lot of dancing amongst each other in the audience, but we wanted to kick their ass and they wanted to kick our ass. And we ended up winning, <laughs> although we paid for it because Edwin Diaz <laughs> tore his Achilles. Um, so uh, here in basketball, uh, it's become more of a rivalry because the Dominican Republic team is good. They added Carl Anthony Towns, who played with them as a teenager. He is now on the roster. Uh, other familiar faces, Angel Delgado. If you're a fan of Seton Hall or you watch the Big East, he was on those Isaiah Whitehead teams. It was really good and has been good as a professional yeah. basketball player. Even had a brief stint uh, with the Clippers at one point, but he's been successful in Europe. Andres Feliz is the point guard. He's had some big games in the World Cup so far. Um, LJ Figueroa used to play at St. John's. And if you if you watch Through the Fire, um, the Sebastian Telfair documentary on ESPN a long, long time ago, you may remember a guy walking around with a jersey named Pena on Lincoln. Antonio Pena, he's on this team. And he was uh, Sebastian Telfer's power forward or center uh, in high school and went went mm-hmm. to playing in Villanova. He actually plays minutes on this team, like 12, 13 minutes a game. So this Dominican Republic team is fun. They squeezed by uh, in in uh, group play a little bit. I, I thought they would put Angola away a little bit easier, but they really struggled from three uh, in two of their games. And I think this is an interesting one, not just for personal reasons, but like Puerto Rico is not – this is – this is where I say our and we and all this stuff. This is not one of our best Puerto Rican national teams. I'm not going to lie to you. But we can get hot from three and sort of create that variance. Uh, shot 16 of 34 from three against China. Put them away, won by almost 20. Shot almost 40% against Serbia and brought that game after trailing by 30, almost within single digits at one point. Um, and then against South Sudan, the worst performance of the World Cup that we've had so far probably considering that I thought we should have beat South Sudan by more um, shot 36% from three. So actually been shooting well from three, the entire tournament, whereas Dominican Republic shot 20% against Angola, 41% against Italy, 21% against the Philippines. They're a little more up and down, but ultimately Carl Anthony Towns is the best player in this game. And Puerto Rico's best player is Tremont Waters. <laughs> so, you know, like it's kind of, a, it's kind of a different ball game there. Tremont Waters is excellent. In terms of uh, what I'm looking at, I did bet Puerto Rico plus nine and a half. Now, maybe there's a a little bit of emotion there, but at the same time, it was eight and a half before, and I saw it grow, and I was like, listen, if there's one thing I know about this rivalry, you can expect a lot of close games. It's just one of those things, like, it just happens, right? It's like the Heat and the Celtics. Close games just happen between these two teams, right? And Tremont Waters, uh, his overs, I've been looking at that throughout the tournament. He's hit it twice. 
16 and a half at plus 100 against China, I thought was a joke. And I wrote about that. I was like, no one in China is going to guard him. He hasn't been efficient at all. He's going to be in this game. And he ended up getting 22 points on nine of 14, shooting four of eight from three and five of six from two. And Dominican Republic plays drop defense because Carl Anthony Townsend's a four, Angel Delgado's a five. And guess what Tremont Waters can do? He can kill a drop defense. So I think that that's something to look for too as it relates to the three-point shooting and why they can keep it close. If they don't make threes, they're done. But I think this is one of the more fascinating matchups in in this uh, sort of uh, round of 16 stage. Uh, one, because of the rivalry. But two, the implications if Dominican Republic wins, they can get to the quarterfinals yep. for the first time ever. And they could potentially, you know, they're going to have to see Serbia to see who's going to, because I think Serbia is beating Italy. Um, and I, I might be, I, I'm, I beat, I bet them to cover already. I think that's minus six and a half or whatever it was. I think, I don't think this Italian team is very good uh, relative to most mm-hmm. Italian teams. So I think DR and Serbia win and then face each other for first place. But if Puerto Rico can upset the Dominican Republic, then it gets interesting because I think they could potentially stun Italy if Italy is not careful either, though they're going to be underdogs against DR and Italy. So that's what I have on that. Yeah, I'm with you, Brian. Serbia against Italy. Serbia is right now at FanDuel minus six and a half. Again, similar to what I said about Lithuania, that just seems too low to me. I I would have put both those lines basically to be double digits effectively, like a minus nine and a half or better. So Serbia, no Nikola Jokic on that team, but all the other J.O. Blink I see, they're all on the team. Like, we got Jovic handing out assists. We got, like, I'm just going to, Joe, tell us about the Jovic bets we've been placing. I know that's the prop angle you've been on here. (laughs) Yeah, so I had to make my pivot, um, but Stefan Jovic, I think I'm saying that right, but basically he's the only real point guard on the team. So, you know, like I bet on him uh, pre-flop to lead the team in assists at four to one. And that is currently minus 2,500. So he just had a 13 assist game (laughs) and he's had six, six and 13. So the dude is, the dude is just a dimer and he's not even scoring. It's actually like hilarious. He's got five, six and four points. Like it's, it's like, it looks like an inverse line. (laughs) So, um, this is a spot against Italy, especially Italy. Like it's a kind of, they like to kind of play fast. Their defense is, I don't think is particularly good. It's definitely a spot that I'm looking at. I have no idea what they're going to set this line at because they literally didn't offer an assist line in game one. Then in game two, they set it at a four and a half at plus one ten, And then they moved it to, they swung the juice to like minus minus one fifty for the next game. So then he had 13. So I, I don't really know where they're going to put this at. Um, I, I, like they, they have no idea what they're doing right now, but I guess it's kind of caught up. So I, I've been betting on that. I think if you wanted to hedge, like you could, but with that type of lead and with the, his role, I don't really think it's worth it. it. You know, we got four to one. That's by far the best of the number. I think that we can kind of just ride that one out. But I do like that. I'm probably going to look there against Italy, uh, especially just based on what I think the pace is going to look like. Yeah, so that just to be clear, that is Stefan Jovic. Yes. Nikola Jovic, the Miami Heat player, also on the team. Be careful. <laughs> well, I, uh, Group I should be a tasty group to watch. If you need another reason, whoever comes in the runner-up in this group is very likely, assuming USA wins their group, runner-up in this group is the first knockout matchup for USA. So, assuming Serbia wins this group, which I think is probably the safe assumption, Dominican yeah. Republic, Puerto Rico... That's probably the game that is going to determine who's coming. And we might get Carl Anthony Towns facing off against Ant for a knockout game. And we get the DR through mm. Brandon Cash's bet if we get that one too. So, yeah. Yeah. That one's looking good. Let's go to Group K. 
Germany, Slovenia, that's Luka Doncic's team, Australia and Georgia. Georgia's along for the ride, I think, on this one. But Germany, <laughs> Slovenia, Australia is an interesting trio. Australia yeah. is in the hole here. They lost to Germany already. So they are going to have to make up some ground. Again, don't get to play Germany again. So Germany, I believe, gets to play Georgia. Germany has big favorite Friday against Georgia. That's a win. So Australia <laughs> is probably going to have to beat Slovenia. Australia is favored. They're minus five and a half against Slovenia on Friday. That surprises me. Luka Doncic is the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic is the best player in the tournament. Brian, what do you think about Luka, Australia, Germany? Where are you at on this group? It's funny because I put in, I had a, I had a, a among my, my pre-World Cup sprinkles, I sprinkled on Australia to uh, make it to the final and Slovenia to make it to the semifinal. Um, just to, you know, just see. And I think I'm, I just don't want to sleep on Australia, even though they have the loss in Germany. I still feel like they're a dangerous team. They're a deep team. Not having Jock Landell worries me. I, I won't lie about that. And Slovenia, I, I get the sense that, you know, this, unfortunately, it seems like Luka or bust, which was kind of their Olympic run. But I saw this team drag a team that's never been to the Olympics before and drag them to a bronze medal game where they lost to Australia. But they got to be fourth place in the Olympics despite never having been in the Olympics before. And oh, by the way, he was all first team Eurobasket at like 17 years old before he was ever in the NBA for a team that won. <laughs> and when Eurobasket. they won, when they won the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the first time ever, Goran Dragic was the MVP of that. And Luka was like the co-star. It was like, who's this guy? And then he should have went first overall the next year. And he didn't. Uh, so I'm not sleeping in Australia for this group. I do think Georgia is along for the ride, like you said, and Slovenia is dangerous because they have Luka Doncic, but this group is the hardest one for me to sort of project. But I, I think Australia can get to another level that they haven't really showed yet. I've, I'm really, I was really high on them coming in as somebody other than the United States or Canada or France who can kind of break through here. But I haven't felt like they've really shown that level yet that I'm sort of waiting for, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I, I think I'm I'm eyeing a little bit. I'm not sure Germany is necessarily a lock to go through here. I, 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 That's kind of what yeah. I'm getting at also. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I, I just, I, I feel like, I mean, I, I think the way the bracket sets up or the group sets up, I think Germany would have to lose to Slovenia by probably a pretty wide margin in the second set of games. Like maybe they don't take care of Georgia by a ton of points and then Slovenia beats, Slovenia would have to beat them and buy a bunch. But I just, I'm underwhelmed. Dennis Schroeder being the star of the team does not do a lot for me. I know we get the Wagners, but Franz has not played the last couple of games. He's a lot of fun on this team. Like this is, again, this is a fun group. A lot of NBA players on Team Australia. They have a type, like the type that is Ben Simmons and all the other Ben Simmons's players like Josh Giddy and all the like, I do everything except, oh, I don't really score or shoot the ball, but all the other <laughs> stuff I'm really good at. It's great. I don't know how Australia has like five of those dudes on the team, but fun group to watch other than the Georgia games. Joe, who are you picking out of this group? Germany, Slovenia, Australia. I mean, I'm going to take Luca. Like, I think that that's the best decision that you can make. He's by far the best player, I think, in this part of the bracket. And I just trust him to lay it all out there on the floor. Whereas like these, some of these other teams, like you kind of said with Germany, if Franz, if Franz plays, then maybe it's a little bit more interesting. Right. Um, but I think that, cause I think that his game is so well suited for this type of play. Um, 
but I'd be surprised, you know, like he probably won't play against Georgia and then maybe like he'll play in the next game against Slovenia. But like, I don't really, I don't know that that ankle, you know, he's, it's kept him out. He was shooting before the game against Finland um, without the boot. So maybe, maybe he'll play, but I mean, I could also see the Orlando magic. I mean, granted the Orlando magic don't make the best, like, management decisions but like maybe they'll make a call and be like you know don't play don't play our guy here you know so uh we'll we'll have to see what we'll have to see what happens but I do like Luca I mean the numbers that he's putting up are crazy and I mean he had like a very inefficient game last time and he still had like 19 7 and 10 so uh fun fact though I saw I heard uh that there has never been a triple double in the World Cup before, so we'll see if Luca Luca does that wow. or not. I was I was surprised to hear that. I think Grant uh, As Asfeth, I forget, I don't know how to. I'm butchering his name, but he's a Mavs guy, and uh, I saw that he tweeted something yeah. about how there's never been a huh. triple double in the World Cup before. Not enough Russell Westbrook at the World Cup. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have a really hard time not picking Luca as a five and a half point underdog to Australia. That's it. like I know it's it is it's not a one on five game. But I'm sorry. We got Luka Doncic. The the one hesitation is I don't think Slovenia has to win that game because they get to play Georgia the next game and they're already three and zero. So yeah. like as long as you just don't get blown out by Australia because point differential is a tiebreaker, then I think you're probably safe. But I don't know. Slovenia is not the betting favorite to come out of this thing, despite having by far the best player in Luka Doncic. And uh, I, I hate to just go down to one player, but I have a hard time not to with this one. Group L, we, we have examples like in like I remember the 2019 World Cup. People were surprised that Brazil was able to beat Greece, even though Greece had Giannis, and it's kind of because they figured out Giannis is going to just run and dunk at you, especially in 2019, and they they guarded him well, and Brazil ended up winning that game, and it was like, oh yeah. okay, this Greece team all of a sudden is a little more fractured than we thought. So I mean, maybe somebody, yeah. Uh, agreed, Georgia, but maybe somebody figures something. Yeah, out. not not Georgia, not the <laughs> yeah. state, not the country. No, no <laughs> versions of Georgia are going to win. Respectfully, I'm not going to say Luca is a better player than Giannis, but I think Giannis is the easier to take away player than Luca. He, is, he I mean, is a better player in this competition. I mean, Luca can dribble. Yeah, internationally, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's the the point. Re- the the point really is though. Sometimes you could get surprised by like how a team can gear up for one guy. So I wonder sure. if. But I, but the thing with Luca that he does better than Giannis, I feel like, is he could act, he could get a lot out of Mike Toby, for example, right? Right. Yeah. Anthony Randolph when he was there, he's no longer on this national team, but like certain guys that they're able to do that. So I want to see how. Just how how he makes guys better in these uh, in this competition as they move forward here, because to me this is maybe the the most interesting group because one of these three teams who is very good, they're all very yeah. good. One of them is going to get knocked out here. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you, you mentioned Brazil. They're in the last group here. Brazil and Latvia are two and one. Canada and Spain three and zero are the big favorites, I think, to come out of this group. And oh. seems like probably the easiest group to pick if you ask me. Canada has been killing people. Canada has, through three games, 3-0, and a plus 111 point differential. That's ahead of even Team USA. USA is plus 103. So Canada, Canada might, maybe Canada's the one seed. Maybe Team USA is the two seed right now if we're reseeding this thing right now. So I don't think we should spend too long on this group here because it's Canada and Spain all the way. But 
Brian, I think you are a little a little hesitant maybe on Spain. How do you feel about either of these teams? I it's it's crazy because like Canada and Spain, if I were stacking up who are the teams that have been very good that I'm just skeptical of, like something about Canada, like I kind of maybe because we're not used to them doing this at world level, even though they have a vastly different team now, I kind of just need to see a little bit more. Um, if you think they're going to win the World Cup, they're at plus 350, still favorable price. I don't know if I can get there yet, but I do think that their defensive ceiling is as high as maybe anybody in this tournament, which, you know, that's very interesting. But I also think, you know, they have Dylan Brooks and what happens if in a sudden death game, he shoots two for 11. Are you going to be able to overcome that if he's taking touches for S- from SGA and Spain is a team that they're just solid. I feel like they're almost boring to a lot of people. I think... They're the defending champions, but this team is not as good as that team. They had Ricky Rubio then, you know, and right now it's it's basically you're led by the Hernan Gomez's on Bo this Cruz. team, which I think a lot of people are going to be like, huh, like, are are, are they, right. yeah, are, is Bo Cruz going to win a gold medal in the World Cup here? He might. Um, he might. They, Spain could win this thing for sure. I, so I think Spain, because Spain has to play Canada now, and they did play in the scrimmage. Spain has to play Canada now. That's one I'm circling. Like, yep. okay, let's because France is fraudulent as we know, as we now know. Like, I I look at even the Latvia game. What happened? What's happened since? And just whatever happened there. That team should is the biggest World Cup disappointment in modern basketball history. They just are. Um, I think statistically you can prove that because they were the second favorites uh, going into the tournament. But Spain versus Canada is a benchmark for me for both teams. Like where these teams yep. are at sizing them up i'm like that's i don't think that's a, this is a 50 50 game in terms of because i think canada's gonna be the favorite when they play each other but that's the one and they're probably both gonna be four and oh heading into that because yep. i mean with respect to brazil and latvia i just think they're gonna lose these games so those are the two teams that i think will move on but where they see it is going to matter based on who they play after that so yeah right that's a and, and stick game yeah i think i think that game you're mentioning i think is the game of of this group play round like we circle, mm-hmm. at least I circle in the last round, Canada, France, and uh, and I circled <laughs> it with the wrong color because I got the wrong pick on that one. <laughs> but Canada set the tone and, and won what by like thirty in the opening game. To me, that yeah. was the game that was going to set the tone for the round. I think this is the one because not only is it for the group win, but they're both going to advance out of that one in all likelihood. But whoever loses drops down to the USA side of the bracket, and now that's probably who you're playing in a semifinal if you get there. So again, you might get Ant against, against Bo Cruz. Maybe we get that matchup in a semifinal. Maybe get USA against Spain. That's always a tough opponent. And no, no Gasols anymore. That would have given this particular USA team a lot of problem, but Spain could beat this team USA. They played them pretty well in in the scrimmage or whatever we had, the warm-up game that these are definitely both teams that on their best day and even like on a B plus day, I think it beat this team USA. Joe, do you have anything to add on Spain or Canada here? Uh, no, just SGA boards has been pretty good. So um, if that's at like five and a half or so, especially in these more competitive games, that's definitely a spot that I'm looking to I'm looking to grab that. Um, but other than that, I think you guys covered it. All right. Well, we need to move toward wrapping up here. So I'm going to just cram everything else on our rundown into just kind of a, a final <laughs> section here. So let's talk big picture. We talked about Team USA minus 145 at FanDuel, our sponsor. If you want to bet them to win the whole thing, 
You can bet on anyone on Team USA to win MVP. Well, you can bet anyone to win Team uh, MVP, but Ant right now is the favorite. Anthony Edwards plus 125. Austin Reeves is his second favorite. Austin Reeves was awesome, by the way, against Jordan. So he, he has really been great. Paolo is plus 900. He's third among Americans. Tyrese Halliburton is 11 to 1. Brunson, 14 to 1. Jaron Jackson, 16 to 1. Highest non-USA players for MVP. Shea is 3 to 1. He is heavily favored among those guys. And then Luca, 11 to 1 still. That was the pick that I think all of us run. Yeah. Uh, Luca coming into the tournament. And now I have that one 20 to 1 coming into the tournament. I still think that's a crazy number. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry, but I'm willing to bet on Luca. I'm going to give my <laughs> ticket and my money to Luca and see what he does with it. So MVP futures, you can bet on best non-USA finish if you want that sort of odds to that way. Like if it's Canada, Spain, any of these other teams, even if they lose in the final, you can win that way. I'm just going to throw out, we're wrapping up here. Joe, what else you got to say? What other bets do you have or futures that you want to throw out here before we wrap up? I mean, up? I guess if you do like Team USA, like you kind of need to, you got to play Ant. Um, but just like it, it seems like he's going to be the guy that gets it. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I see like a ton of value there right now. I think that if you are going to put out a bet, I, I still like. You know, if you didn't have a Luca position, I really don't hate having a Luca position right now. Um, still, just because of the fact that I think the way the bracket's kind of breaking, um, you have a little bit of an opportunity to still get him at eleven to one when I still think he's the best player in the whole tournament. But that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I think it's a little tough to add some of these to lead in points, rebounds, and assists, just because one thing that we did talk about was with the constellation bracket, like these guys are still playing games and those categories, like those stats still count. So it's not like one where you can say like, Oh, well, like this guy doesn't really play any more games. It's like, they still might play some games. And even if they get knocked out, like if they're in the like the, the eighth to fifth part of the bracket, uh, they're going to still play more games. So that's definitely something to consider yep. here, um, especially when you're looking at those. I think you're a lot you're going to be a lot safer targeting a team specifically for that type of bet just because you can kind of understand like, well, he's going to play the same amount of games, presumably as his teammates. Yeah, we say single elimination, but we're still playing. We're, yeah. There is a third place game. There is a fifth place game, a seventh place game, like where we're going all the way. I think that the teams that play in the championship probably get one extra game compared to most of the teams. But for the most part, everyone's still playing out here. Like Brian said at the top, still playing like for, uh, you know, standings in, in Olympics and that sort of thing as well. So I, I have to say... We talk a lot when we do NBA about like, well, would you bet Nuggets to win the title or should you just bet Jokic MVP? Ant at plus 125 versus minus 145 for USA to win. I don't think I like that for Ant. I don't feel like mm. Ant is that heavy of a favorite to win MVP for the US, especially considering the next two names are Austin Reeves and Paolo, who I promise you were not the next two names four <laughs> or five days ago, right? <laughs> so like if if America just kind of does what it does and takes care of business, Maybe we don't ever get that ant moment. Like maybe USA just kind of rolls and it's somebody else every game. I don't know that he's necessarily, I'm doing the math in my head. Effectively, I think he has to win MVP something like 60, 65% of the time that USA Roughly. presumably would win. I don't believe they'd give MVP to an American that 
if, if USA did not win the tournament. I right. do think Luca could win MVP, not as the champion. This is not the NBA Finals. We don't make the rule, the unspoken, you got to win to do this. We uh, twice have had, or twice in the last like few cycles, have had a non-champion win MVP. Yeah. So I think if Luca and Slovenia even get to the semis, he is extremely in play there. Shea, maybe the same sort of thing, as good as he's been. To me, those are the superstars on their team. I don't think Ant rises to that level. So I would rather play the Team USA minus 145 than the Ant, just to give myself some cushion. Brian, what other bets are you looking at here as we wrap up? So I think you can still look at stat leaders because the way this is going to shake out is everyone who doesn't make the quarterfinals is going to be capped at five games. And everyone who does will play eight. So the last eight teams are going to play eight games because you still have to classify who's going to finish three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. So you're playing eight games if you get to at least the quarterfinals of the tournament. And Luka Doncic right now to lead the tournament in points is uh, minus 110. So if you think Slovenia, because this is really the key here. If you think Slovenia is getting to the quarterfinals, bet that. Because Luka Doncic probably gets yeah. that, right? In quarterfinals, if, if this means so. knockout play at all, right? They just right. make the knockout. Which we think if you just make the knockout yeah. round, because even if they lose, yeah, even if they lose that and it's like, oh, but they're not going to win or they're not going to get to the semis, it's like it doesn't matter because they still have to play for like fifth place, sixth place, seventh place, like whatever, right? Right. So th- this is how Team USA – they Team USA played all eight games in 2019 despite finishing seventh the problem was they lost two of the last three games they played (laughs) but they still played the eight games um if you think canada is going to play all eight games shea gildas alexander is plus 300 in scoring one would i would advise against ronnie hollis jefferson is third (laughs) in 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 in, in betting right now (laughs) our man man jordan's not getting that eighth game he's not coming for it (laughs) right you know like I don't know why he's level with Anthony Edwards here. Now, look, in the consolation games, maybe they're saying, look, he might get 50 and 40. And (laughs) (laughs) this is what it is. But I don't think that's going to happen. And then with rebounding leaders, talking about the USA group again, if you like Lithuania to come out of that with Team USA, Jonas Valanciunas, plus 300, has the shortest odds to lead in rebounds right now. That's really interesting yeah. as well. I don't know. Like, we'll see ultimately how Lithuania does. But I don't think because, you know, uh, I don't know what to expect from this Lithuanian team. I'm not sure that that's something that I would do, right? And then before that, it gets a little bit murky. And Luka Doncic right now is leading assists. Assists, I'm staying away from. Luka Doncic, plus 285. Stefan Jovic, plus 600. Yeah. Now, if you think Serbia... And they should. You think Serbia is going to get into at least the quarterfinals? Stefan Jovic, if he keeps putting up 13 assists in the game, <laughs> those are some things I would look at. And then and then with uh, with futures, like I think now if you haven't bought into Team USA, I would do it, minus 145, before that number becomes less palatable. Maybe it stays around there, but I, I think I think just do it now if you're interested. Um, Canada is at plus 350. If you think they're going to beat Spain – I would say bet them now because that number is going to drop after they beat Spain. I don't know if they're going to beat Spain. Uh, so I'm not going to do anything with Canada yet. And I was trying to entertain like the non USA Canada bets uh, as I've been doing in this tournament and Australia's plus 1100 Spain's plus 1200 Serbia's plus 1200 Germany plus 14 
uh, not um, Slovenia's plus eighteen or something along those lines. And I, I just can't. I, I kind of need to see the first game of round two to sort of get there with any of the other teams. I did take Australia a flyer on them before this started. Don't feel as great about it now, but ultimately we'll see because we still have a bunch of games left in this tournament. It's going to wrap it up for Buckets, for Brian Fonseca and Joe Dolera. Thanks for listening. True Sickos, an hour deep in the FIBA World Cup. Get up, get some coffee, set the alarm, find basketball 1891 or whatever the heck it's called, <laughs> courtside 1891. Watch some FIBA basketball in the next week and check out theactionnetwork.com. Find our article, be up each day with our picks. Thank you for listening. Let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.